So the first question we're going to be asking ourselves on the program is how effective is AI driving technology? So for the last two years, uh, AAA, or the American Automobile Association, the folks you call when you are uh, flat tired on the side of the highway, has been testing crash prevention systems to see whether the results of these tests stack up to the manufacturer's claims. So this includes many of the new driving assistance features that have become common in consumer vehicles. This is things like lane assist, collision detection, um, uh, pedestrian detection, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff that's supposed to make driving a little more hands-off and allow you to... I don't know, like disassociate behind the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel a little bit. Um, After a pedestrian detection test from 2019 by AAA showed that many of these systems are inconsistent and spotty, they continued with these tests and they just released a new report around its findings on five different drive assist features that are currently offered by leading manufacturers. And the results were pretty similar to that last 2019 test, which basically is saying that these systems are too inconsistent to be treated as anything more than a neat extra feature and shouldn't be seen as a reliable safety net. Very interesting. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. So the uh, the test that was just released, or excuse me, the findings that were just released around said test were done on the following cars. The 2019 BMW X7, testing its active driving assistant uh, professional. The 2019 Cadillac CT6 with its Super Cruise. 2019 Ford Edge with Copilot 360, 2019 Kia Telluride with Highway Driving Assist, and the 2020 Subaru Outback with EyeSight. Um, it doesn't like literally have eyes on it. It's that's the name of the company. I'm just like imagining a Subaru <laughs> Outback with giant eyes sprouting out of the front. That'd be awesome. Would buy immediately. Kind of sounds like nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So the cars were taken across California, Utah, and Nevada's different testing sites to drive about 4,000 miles worth of public roads. And on average, AAA found that the cars' drive assist systems had a hiccup, uh, or more uh, more specifically a disengagement with uh, tracking, about every 8 miles, which is not great. The main culprit was lane-keeping technology, which they found for all of the cars failed at least a few times. And it wasn't just on hard turns, it was on straightaways as well. And this was blamed on things like faded lane markings, where drives, uh, excuse me, where uh, these self-driving autonomous systems would steer the car off the road completely. Um, On straight trajectories, the cars would veer then overcorrect, but then land in the wrong lane post-correction. So you'd imagine if this was a two-lane road, they'd accidentally veer, recorrect, and now you're flying into oncoming traffic. Um, collision prevention was also a failure during these tests, uh, albeit this was in a closed environment, but you would imagine that would give it uh, more chances to succeed. Cars were actually more likely to hit a stationary vehicle than not. It was an aggregate 66% hit rate with an average impact speed of about 25 miles an hour, which is, you know, a little slower, a little more residential. But still, the fact that two-thirds of the scenarios resulted in a collision is not a great start. Uh, Greg Bannon, which is the uh, uh, AAA Director of Automotive Engineering and Industry Relations, had some thoughts on the findings. I'll go ahead and quote him here and then we will jump into our thoughts Tyler so here's what he says quote active driving assistance systems are designed to assist the driver and help make the roads safer but the fact is these systems are in the early stages of their development 
With the number of issues we experienced in testing, it is unclear how these systems enhance the driving experience in their current form. In the long run, a bad experience with current technology may set back public acceptance of more fully automated vehicles in the future. Hmm. AAA has repeatedly found that active driving assistance systems do not perform consistently, especially in real-world scenarios. Manufacturers need to work toward more dependable technology, including improving lane-keeping assistance and providing more adequate alerts, end quote. So, Tyler, initial thoughts on this. When I first saw this piece, uh, you know, it, it was very surprising because we see a lot of marketing, a lot of fanfare around these systems, uh, but some of the most extensive research around them is showing that they are, I mean, incomplete, to say the least. So, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. We have seen so much about this type of technology recently. Like, there's a commercial that plays incessantly uh, during uh, sporting events that I've been watching, and it is uh, Brie Larson, the actress. She's driving a Nissan Sentra, and you know she, you know, th- this girl gets in the car with her, and she's like showing her all the different features of the car, um, and she's like, "Isn't this cool? Isn't this cool?" And one of the things she does is she, you know, uh, throws the car in reverse and rapidly accelerates going backwards uh, towards these yellow concrete barriers. And the girl in the car is kind of like freaking out. And then the car automatically like stops her from hitting these barriers, right? And she's like, hey, isn't that cool? And so hearing these numbers, I'm kind of like, uh, well, like if it doesn't work every time, I don't know that I would just floor it backwards into a uh, into some barriers. So anyways, all that to say, I think the this is, these are some eye-opening numbers, and this is something that uh, so many cars, you know, whether it's uh, you know lane detection, things like that, uh, blind spot monitoring, all, all of these types of features that you, that you see advertised on a regular basis, it is interesting to know that it's not a one hundred percent guarantee that they're always going to work, and right. I think that that and is definitely something to bring up. It's not even close in yeah, some instances. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's, oh, well, you know, 95%. I mean, for, like, the, the number that stands out to me is the the collision prevention. It's like a 33% uh, success rate uh, in their tests, right? That number should be unacceptable for any sort of uh, mass market solution. You wouldn't release something if it only works a third of the time. But alas, here we are, right? Um it is, uh, you know, kind of uh, telling of a few things, in my opinion. Um, we've got both a marketing issue here, in, in my opinion, as well as a manufacturing issue. So mm-hmm. the manufacturing one is, uh, you know, I think more prevalent. Uh, with performance like the above, should manufacturers be recalling these technologies and going back to the drawing board? Are they overrepresenting these technologies? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to assume it's not insidious like on purpose, I think what it is is more of a general uh, pressure from the industry to race to find the mass market solution that will lead the way. Uh, autonomous AI, uh, whether that is you know low level or high level, is front of mind, especially as uh, you know Tesla now has become I think the largest auto manufacturer in the U.S. or is the largest. Uh, auto company it overtook i think it was uh, toyota gosh i, I, I think don't, you're don't right about that. that yeah I, I don't remember exactly but um 
you know, as, as Tesla leads, their big thing is cutting-edge technology in all of their solutions, and that includes a lot of drive assist, a lot of autonomous solutions. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, obviously you're going to want uh, to keep up with that competition. Subaru, Ford, Cadillac, BMW, Kia, they're all going to want to get in mm-hmm. on the trend. And if they're offering solutions that have no drive assist or no autonomous solutions, uh, consumers might abandon them and might lose um, you know, that brand loyalty that they've had. Uh, if they see all other competition develop these cool tech, uh, you know, they're not going to have Subaru brand loyalty. Like, yeah, maybe I've driven a Subaru for 20 years, but like all these other cars have a, uh, an autonomous driving feature. That sounds way cooler when it's time to upgrade. Uh, you know, I doubt the consumer is going to put the brand loyalty of Subaru over you know, some some successful uh, autonomous system. And I'm just using Subaru as an example. Sure. But, but it, uh, yeah, I, I think it showcases that manufacturers are maybe a little desperate to get a solution to market that is uh, marketable and that will turn them a profit and keep them in the race as uh, autonomous technology continues to develop and we get closer to full autonomy with our vehicles. Uh, But because that is the pressure, I think it leads people to release things to market a little too soon or release things to market under the guise of being closer to real autonomous when in fact it is more of a neat extra feature that you should not rely on at all and Mm -hmm. instead should be like, oh, it pops in occasionally and helps you out, not you can now be on your phone the whole time you're driving. Uh, so, yeah, that that's my manufacturer's concern. I mean, it, do you have any thoughts there? Do you think there's any way to uh, have manufacturers be a little more accountable for the um, the solutions they're releasing? I mean, should this be a, an inter-industry conversation where car manufacturers are all kind of you know, coming to terms with the fact that they just can't be releasing these uh, solutions to market in the form that they're being released? Do you think it's going to take some outside pressure? Uh, do you think this AAA research is going to be enough to push people in a certain direction? Any thoughts there? I don't think the research will sway public opinion all that much because I don't think I don't think a wide enough audience is going to... Um, be exposed to the report and also just I, I think with people driving less these days I don't think it's it's top of mind I don't think it's the highest concern in, in people's minds and I think the auto manufacturers would probably counter this by saying that look these these tools and these features were never intended to to completely absolve the driver of responsibility of checking you know the lane next to you before you change lanes right or um, just uh, not apply the brake when you're about to hit something um, because the car is going to do it for you I, I, like I, I don't think that that's ever that they I don't think they would say that that was their intention now when you said that there's a marketing problem here i think that that's probably more accurate right like you see so many commercials of you know a kid's bouncy ball goes out into the street and so the kid just naturally chases after it and the car automatically stops and you know the driver takes a deep breath and the the parents of the kid that ran out into the the street you know take a deep breath and they're like oh my gosh and then you know some soft nice music comes on and they tell you you know how wonderful this car is because it prevented this kid from getting hit by a car um i think that's probably the more problem problematic aspect of it because i i don't think at the heart of it manufacturers ever intended for this to replace 
the driver's responsibility to be aware of what's going on and to react. Um, but the commercials certainly make it appear as so it appears though that's the case right right and it's one of those things where it's like it sells itself as this is going to save your ass when you are being dumb or when you are like totally distracted and i i think even though the marketing i think is supposed to indicate like hey uh, you know, still drive your car, but when we all have those little accidents, your your you know buddy old pal here, the the Subaru Outback or the Kia Telluride or the Ford Edge, whatever, is going to help you recorrect or it's going to help you not run over your own kid, right? Like like yeah, things that were are like oh my god tragedy, but then the car comes in to save the day, and I actually think because the technology is still relatively foreign to a lot of people or you know the the success rate is clearly not being communicated uh yeah clearly when we see the results of this AAA test i think it actually leads consumers to view the product as um more uh utilitarian than it really is or or view the product as uh, something more flexible and more um like something that they're going to be using often, where in fact I think it should be seen as a little addendum, not something to you know stake your entire purchase of this car on, because I think it it misrepresents the value of this technology right now, and I think it misrepresents the effectiveness of the technology, and it just sounds like a concoction and recipe for disaster. If we continue to market this technology as, hey, you can be a buffoon behind the wheel and the car is going to save your butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I don't think that is a mentality we should be uh, encouraging right now in the United States. That's the opposite of what we need to be encouraging. Yeah. And um, <laughs> no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I actually did a podcast recently with one of our clients, uh, LetterTech, which operates pretty heavily in this world. And I talked to Pierre Olivier. He is their chief technology officer. Just about where we currently are and what it's going to take to move forward in the world of autonomous vehicles. And it was a really interesting conversation. I, I don't believe it's posted yet, but when it is, uh, it's it's definitely one to check out because he, he talks about just the, the various challenges and what they've come to realize is you have to utilize what they refer to as sensor fusion, which means to have a lot of different technologies all combined into one uh, in, into one vehicle, basically. So utilizing a combination of LIDAR, radar, and cameras that can all feed into an information pool that identifies what is in front of you, what's around you, and how the car should react as a result, right? And so it's it's particularly interesting to listen to him talk about the challenges that they have to overcome and how this is not an inexpensive venture. You know, time to market is still uh, something that they are battling against as they work on this new technology. Um, and LetterTech actually recently acquired a company called ViaVision um, that's based in Israel that is going to play a large role in in what LetterTech is doing moving forward. And they really hope that uh, this this combination of companies will be able to to lower the time to market to increase reliability and things along those lines. But you, you really get a sense of what all goes into creating a system that is this complex, that does the certain things that people are expecting of autonomous vehicles. And I think that it, it's it's worth understanding just what all goes into it because it is more than just... 
Um, I, I, th- I think in our minds, we can oversimplify it mainly because I think, again, I think the, the marketing, the commercials and the advertising around these vehicles does oversimplify it, but it's really quite a complex system that has to be in place. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I think that there's, you know, there, there are, there are smart people and smart companies working on it, but again, it, it comes down to what are your expectations and how does that apply to how you're driving your vehicle at this point? Right. And when we look at um, the levels of autonomous driving, uh, there are different stacks, right? Level zero, uh, level one, two, three, four, and five. Level zero being no driving automation and level five being complete full driving automation. Most cars aren't past level two, like partial automation. There's there's not a passenger car today that it operates above level two. Right. So we're not even close to full automation. And what we're seeing is even the level one, which is driver assistance technology, is faulty beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really am wondering whether or not this study is going to have any major industry impact. But uh, if I was a car manufacturer looking at the results of this study, uh, I would be, you know, shaken uh, a little bit because. Uh, if this becomes something that that hits uh, the market in full and um, consumers become more educated on the realities of some of these systems, I know this is just one test, but I mean it's it's AAA, it's pretty extensive test. Uh, I think it could dissuade people from purchasing more of these solutions. So I think manufacturers and I think the marketing teams around these cars needed need to be really second guessing. What are we designing and how are we selling it? And is what we're doing sustainable? Uh, and uh, you know, how should we adapt, especially if our um, if our technology is being tested to uh, to this degree and being shown to be rather inconsistent? So, mm. yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing how this continues to play out because the industry response could be very. Uh, yeah, it could be, I don't know, very dramatic, something juicy to yeah. unpack, hopefully, in the future. Agreed. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. Uh,